1: Welcome to Star Trek: The Next Conversation, the Earth's number one podcast for Federation discussions about the political landscape of the twenty-three seventies. I'm Matt. I'm Andy.
0: <laughs> I, that one was. I was no, that sounded
1: hard. like that sounded like you said the "I'm" part, and then your mustache said Andy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I got a little theater bit of, of the mind, everyone. It's Andy's actually a quarantine. Got a mustache. Go- I got a quarantine goatee. And I think I'm going to shave it into a mustache and see how I feel. Oh, What's the difference?
1: The, the, Andy's goatee bottom hair is covered completely by a microphone, so I didn't even see it. I just okay. saw mustache. Oh, there it is.
0: It's gray on the, gray sort of peppery on the bottom, and then uh, just a completely black mustache. It's very strange. It's like a mullet, you know?
1: <laughs> is that what a mullet is? <laughs> business, business in the front, party in the back. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Come on. Uh, well, Andy, look, I like I uh, like I uh, like some facial hair. This is uh, think of this, everyone listening, as the uh, s- as the Rikers beard of the podcast. Andy's got a goatee. Um, now the podcast is going to get good since you have a goatee. I'll
2: answer <laughs> the following question:
1: <laughs> Matt,
2: would you have them watch this episode?
1: Uh, yeah, I like Q episodes. This is a really good one.
0: Kind of I mean, really good is it.
1: really good is generous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a good one. I remember somebody bashing it, and I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Who was bashing True Q? Maybe I misinterpreted. There's mm. there's there's people who have talked a lot. People like, like to
1: cryptically re- describe things to you in a way that they hope is not spoilery, but it makes you think. It makes you it think the... that it's not. I <laughs> Meaning, know, like I what I'm saying is like. They say something that they think is not spoilery, but your brain turns, and then you,
0: like, I create the you create the story a spoiler in it. your head, and then you watch it, and you are like, "This is what." <laughs> well, I think it was in the context of like when relics stuff like relics comes up, people are like, "Oh, this is one of my favorite episodes." You got some stinkers coming up, and I believe Rascals is one of the people that, one of the ones that people don't like. Is Rascals
1: is one of the ones people don't. I like Rascals. I, I, it's a um, it's a weird. It's bizarre. But maybe, that's yeah, maybe next week. That's next week. We'll talk about that next week.
0: Certainly Man of the People, people. Well, Man agrees. of the People. So, I don't know. It was, I thought True Q was one of the people. ones. Whatever the case, I enjoyed it.
1: Uh, I bet you did. It's, uh, well, I mean, I don't bet you did. You usually don't like Q. So this is, no, this, I don't. Uh, you, you're really turning around on this John DeLancey character, I think. I am. Uh, but with that being said, we should shuffle on down the hallway and uh, pop over to the Admirals Club. No, we we left left the Admiral's Club. (laughs) Matt, were we in the Admiral's Club the whole time? (laughs) Uh, I gotta have Barkley take a look at that. I gotta have Barkley take a look at the door. Obviously, the door is not working right. (laughs) We confused the 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 hallway. Well, actually, what happened was someone was (laughs) leaving as we were coming in. (laughs) Oh, is that what was yeah, going on? Yeah, that's what was happening. Uh, it was another podcast yeah, on board. It was a shuffle. We shuffled, <laughs> they shuffled past us. Uh, but yeah, it's the Admiral's Club. Uh, all you got to do to become a part of it is leave a five-star Matt, review Matt, on Matt, Apple Podcast. Don't.
0: Matt. <laughs> How do they get into the
1: admiral's club? Oh, just listen back <laughs> to the last ten seconds, and you'll know how to get into the admiral's club. Thanks so much. Everybody. There you go. <laughs>
0: there is a there is there is a, a way we do things on this ship, Matt. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, first uh, admiral's club admittee is Brawley nine ninety, who writes it's a disaster piece. Um, I have no idea why I love it. What's that? I feel
1: like someone else called this a disaster piece, and I'm still okay
0: with it. <sighs> Maybe I'm wrong. Did I, did I already read this? I don't I know. What? Look, you're, once you're in an Emerald's you're sound, always in the Does stuff. this sound familiar? I yeah. have no idea why I love it, but I do. These guys are reductionist, cynical, nitpicky. As, have you heard this before? This sounds like every review we get, so it's fine. Keep going. All right. You know what? Brawley 990, you Brawley. deserve it. Brawley, keep going, man. These guys are reductionist, cynical, nitpicky, mocking, and uncharitable to a show that at least Matt claims to love. Uh, they always think they could write it better, even when they think it's great. It really just seems that Andy, especially, is de- is just determined to find a problem with something, anything. Neither of them can enjoy just enjoy an episode, with a few exceptions. They just seem to hate the show. I don't get it. It's tiring. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, I listen to all of them and keep coming back. So the joke's on me. Five stars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think Look, it's, it's, it's summation very of easy to play Monday Morning Quarterback when you're watching a finished product. Everybody, that's true, and that's what we do here.
0: Um, another one is from Vennerwalk, who writes: "I turned to TNC. I've tried everything to get sleep. I've tried one sip of Aunt <laughs> Ann-
3: Adele's warm milk." <laughs>
0: Annadale's warm milk toddy And it just leaves me in disgust I've tried running my fingers Through my floral arrangement headboard sure. And it just makes me sneeze uh, Is that in the past or in the future? Have we seen that yet?
1: Oh, I I just was thinking of uh, Cause and effect and, and Beverly uh, Pruning flowers before
0: bed Oh, that's right uh, I've even tried misaligning my radius and ulna by 0. 0.02 microns, and it does nothing. <laughs> At times like these, I turn to TNC. Matt and Andy, please put me to sleep. Oh, we are on it. No problem. Just listen to the hum of those engines right now. That's it for the Admiral's Club.
1: All right, let's exit the Admiral's Club and head right over to the President's Circle.
4: And that was the Admiral's Club.
1: It's an exclusive club, but you can be a part of it. Head over to Patreon.com and pledge your President's Circle amount and support the podcast and become a member and receive four extra podcasts every month. Uh, hours and hours of us just talking and talking and talking and playing clips and playing clips and play. It's everything you love uh, with... Times four. So uh, head over, join the Patreon, become a President Circle member. Every week we like to single out a couple or one, depending. Uh, For the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor, it's for a particularly uh, delightful, enjoyable, off-topic, random. Doesn't matter. It's just at the whim of Andy to receive the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor.
0: Andy, who is the recipient today? Uh, As two clear, hands-down winners this week... Uh, The first one is from uh, Lieutenant Neil Studd, who writes a voice hail from Right Said Fred. Hey, guys, you mentioned on the Relics episode that you're still a bit in the dark about Right Said Fred. Well, I pulled a few British strings, so here's a ship to ship transmission featuring a voice hail from Right Said Fred themselves. Right Said Fred, come on.
2: Hi. Hi there. We are Right Said Fred. This is Matt and Andy, and we're told that you run a U.S. (laughs) Star Trek page clips, yes video page so, so lots of number ones and big f- and uh, big fans all, 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 all the number twos so yeah. yes <laughs> um and uh, they apparently you're a bit curious about us and he he's, so are we, he, really? he's a he is a trekkie fan yeah i used to watch those but my i preferred the one with um, patrick stewart that was my really? <laughs> you're in the right yeah. spot <laughs> yeah
0: he doesn't yeah. even I know I
2: Preferred. 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 preferred Okay uh, Captain Jean-Luc Picard Yes And there's a little snippet isn't there mm. Yes uh, Matt And And we are the Trekkie fans <gasps> That's and what I we ran were, out there That's what we're going to get <laughs> <laughs> So free <laughs> What's the love for right <laughs> says Fred uh, Keep up the good work for all you Trekkie fans Yep um, And um, Yeah have a great have a great day. Yeah. Bye bye. Oh, yeah. That was uh, delightful, <laughs> a delightful actually. Song. We was, got a right uh, Said Fred song about it. It was
1: a dippity dippy do. That was a fucking that was a home run, right said Fred. Home run. <laughs> I wish that you had said that you liked Jean Luc Picard the most because you were all bald. Oh, yeah. Come on, guys. What the connection. Come on, Right Said Fred. Now I'm rewriting Right Said Fred's uh, beautiful video messages to us.
0: <laughs> Let's hire them to make another one. Neil, I hope you didn't spend too much on it. Neil. Neil. <laughs> home maybe run. Maybe it was a direct you know, relationship. Home run. Maybe you're buddies with them. Home run.
1: Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Neil. That was beautiful.
0: Um, uh, and our next Christopher Pike Medal of Valor goes to uh, Frederick Rombouts, uh, who writes Ode to Omar. Matt and Andy. Matt made a comment about Andy needing an ode to Omar, a la ode to Spot. <laughs> so I tried to deliver. Here is my attempt. No doubt one of the many you'll receive from your listeners. You're the only one so far, Frederick. The, uh, the hailing frequencies are open. If anybody else wants to send an ode to Omar, uh, I know, I'll know I'd, I've done my job well if I hear Matt snoring like Riker at the end of the recording. Uh, live long and prosper, Frederick. Here it is, the ode to Omar.
4: Omar Little from The Wire. Owned the streets of Baltimore. But his namesake as a cat is someone crafty all the more. He's the pet to old Secunda. He's a crafty little feline. A trickster who's already spent, of his lives, seven of nine.
3: Nice.
4: He also is a confidant when Andy's feeling low. When Andy eats his feelings, Omar just says, make it so. Sure, he is enabling decisions no one should. But who cares Let's cover the bad pizza with some good. Omar's also quite affectionate in ways that aren't intended. He'll curl up at Andy's feet for hours while he's playing Red Dead. He sometimes meows on TNC while the mics are live. But his dialogue is always brief. It's never over five. He is one of the coolest cats you could come upon. Cooler could he only be Were he Frank Sinatra, come on! Uh. Omar is a loyal friend who'll be there through the world's end. Andy's best friend is a cat because he needs a girlfriend. <laughs>
1: nice. Uh that was a beautiful poem. That actually really? I thought I think that was better than the Ode to Spot. Like if you were just to like take both poems at face value, not having any context.
0: Yeah, Riker would not have slept through that. I one. feel like that. Even that with his sleep issues. Up. Uh, thank you so much, Frederick. <laughs> Enjoy that medal um, of valor. <laughs> well deserved, my friend. Um uh, by the way, someone someone had made some kind of swipe about just like it's the same people. That's because they're all in the president circle. I don't know what to tell you. Oh, it is the same
1: people. You wanna you wanna you wanna priority one access to the mail hailbag situation? Not really the hailbag, then join and uh
0: you're in. There's, Come on. There's a post in there, and uh, every for every episode we put up, and um, just post under that post for your for your commentary. Now look at that first. Priority one messages are open, buddy.
5: Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel.
0: All right. Who's first? Katie Croft, Lieutenant Katie Croft writes us uh, on the same theme. My issue with the Spot poem has always been that he states that Spot is not sentient. As an owner of a couple of cats, I, I would agree. say they are. Definitely sentient. Am I missing something? Is my love for cats clouding my judgment? Then Steris Sifansi's adds to this. Uh, I just came here to post. I just came here to post about data saying Spot is not sentient. I got so mad. This is what I was originally going to post. Data says in his ode to Spot that cats are not sentient. In the simplest definition, sentience is the ability to feel. Activists and philosophers have argued that any being that has the ability to want or experience joy or and pain is sentient, and this includes animals. I have two cats who have wildly different temperaments with different preferences suggesting they have wants. Uh, One of them uh, enjoys a specific chair in the hot garage and she purrs, reacts positively positively when she lays on it. She dislikes being hit by our toddler and reacts (laughs) negatively. I would uh, consider these reactions evidence of her sentience, data, what the hell, man.
1: I I, I side with our... uh With our messages. I I think cats are sentient. I think data is wrong. That's very
0: generous of you. How about lizards?
1: I think that lizards are. You know, they like. uh, Well, it's hard to say. I mean, if you're an iguana owner or pet lizard owner, and, you know, I'm sure that you uh, find that they they are sentient. I think all animals are sentient.
0: I agree with you. That is my point of agreement with Matt. For this episode. Done. Somebody make a jingle. Lieutenant Justine Adamek uh, writes us, In DS9, they knew about the TOS crew, so the TNG crew would have known. This is in reference uh, 100% to... 100% Trials
1: and right Tribulations. Questions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, uh, uh, li- I agree. Go ahead. No,
1: I'm just saying. Lieutenant
0: Denise Kupfer Schmidt writes us, I've always really loved this episode, but you guys completely broke it for me. I still love you, but God damn it. Why do you have to point out uh, very obvious plot problems unfair um also i always thought it was hysterical when they all meet up this is regarding schisms obviously when they all meet up uh it's all senior staff and then one random lady looks like amy sedaris <laughs> imagine going to a group therapy session with all of your bosses uh, uh this was really funny. this is the uh the good point award this week <laughs> it's really hilarious um that's basically the equivalent of uh of uh, Troy doing the uh, the personnel evaluations. And being their counselor, yeah. Yeah. Um, Lieutenant Andrew Gibson writes us, I'm surprised you guys didn't pick up on the B-plot for this episode. Worf almost straight up murdering Mott, the barber, for suggesting he needed to use conditioner. Then, for the rest of the episode, Worf tries to cover it up by playing along with the real kidnapping victims. <laughs> so...
1: You're, you're assuming, your theory is that Worf wasn't actually being kidnapped. He just needed a cover story for snapping yes. at Mott and found it. I like it.
0: Worf, uh, Mott was particularly offensive in that in that scene. Well, you know. He, he, he also is weird. He's like, I'm sorry, I just love the luxuriousness of Cling on hair, like he makes it last longer because he wants to touch his hair more.
1: Well, look, I mean, it's like when you're a craftsman working with the finest of materials, you're going to savor it.
0: Just want to savor it, yeah. Fair. You're a real Mott apologist. I am an apologist. Mott, Matt's for Mott. That's my group. That's my offshoot Lit- face group. Lieutenant Column Hayes writes us. It's always bothered me that the captain has to ask the computer if anyone is missing from the ship. Shouldn't the computer automatically issue an alert, or is the computer too busy listening to conversations in hallways so that it will know when uh, to open the turbo lift doors? Also, did a Brit invent the turbo lift as opposed to the turbo elevator? Uh,
1: I think that turbo lift is probably—it uh, just turbo elevator sounds weird.
0: Yeah, it's not as catchy. I can't have it any other way. Turbo lift. But you're also an Anglophile. Very true. Very true. Uh, bond-loving anglophile. Um, Frederick, sorry, now, now I am playing favorites because I'm going back to Frederick Rombats. I forgot about his other hail. Uh, I cannot put into words how hard I laughed at Andy as Matt's dying mouse. At, you know, he gives uh, time codes. And I really appreciate it. One thirty eight thirty five. if you want to track it down. He says, also, the discussion of Riker being late gave me flashbacks to Best of Both Worlds. Uh, part one when we covered this uh, go to 57.55 in that pod episode for a good old, good secunda crack, crack up when Matt points out that Riker himself must always be late to the transporter room since he arrives and immediately accuses Shelby of being late. <laughs> did you? You didn't cue that one up, did you? No, I didn't, but the time
1: code is there for everyone else to cue it up. That's when they true. Want
0: to. Enjoy it. Uh, it's very funny. Um, Matt basically says he comes in and And he immediately says, "The other two are late." It's like, "Were you early? Were you late?" You can't
1: like, you're not on time. You're obviously late. If you walk into a room and you're on time, then you would give four or five seconds for someone else to arrive at the same time. I scheduled myself for five minutes after
0: you. I'm early.
1: That's you know that's why Riker's sleep problems were such a big issue on that episode that apparently were happening before he was being abducted.
0: I, there's, a, there's a hail about that, so you'll have to address it. Lieutenant Andrew Gibson writes, I'm surprised you guys didn't pick up on the B... Oh, I already did that one. Uh, I already did that one. Uh, Lieutenant Aussie Andy also needs a pizza, writes, "Andy uh, Andy's 100% spot on with his assertion that they missed the perfect opportunity to do an alien abduction story uh, and link it to the 20, 20th, 21st century by making the aliens, the gray aliens, who are doing... Who are just doing a follow-up to their experiments from Roswell? Whether you like these types of tropes in sci-fi or not, linking everything to the 20th, 21st century uh, is exactly what TNG, Star Trek, and a lot of sci-fi always does. Sure. So someone was asleep at the con. Uh, hopefully, Andy's pun blindness misses this terrible pun. Is it a pun? It's a switch out. Is that always a pun? Sleep what? at the con instead of asleep at the wheel. I don't think that's a pun it's not a pun I don't think it's a pun no. I did not miss it because it wasn't a pun
1: I mean if it was like hopefully Andy can see the cons of this
0: yeah. you know what he was talking the about the pros and cons <laughs> yeah something like that
1: hopefully can I see got the, that one Matt he can see the cons of Lieutenant Rager being taken
0: um but, uh, then, yeah say she was it the w- con
1: officer forget it
0: this is so strange Matt because Ensign Rager is the topic of our next hail gotcha okay we're really in sync. Lieutenant Joe Moran <laughs> doesn't care. Lieutenant <laughs> Joe Moran, aka Muscles Ripley, writes us, hey guys, sad to see Lene Chapman, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, uh, as Ensign Rager in her final TNG episode. What a downer. Oh, wow. That's me. Uh, but she does go on to star, uh, this is hilarious for me, in another sci-fi show, Space Above and Beyond. Andy should check it out as it is a precursor to the BSG reboot uh, Chapman also starred in, two, in the 2001 film Rat Race, playing the estranged daughter of one Hoopai Goldberg. Mm. I wonder if they talked about their time on the Enterprise during the movie production. Thanks and stay safe, guys. This is particularly, this is me now, uh, Matt. Um, this is particularly ridiculous for me because I loved Space Above and Beyond. <laughs> and I was, my face blindness was in such full effect that I couldn't even spot uh, Lene Chapman.
1: Look, Andy, your face blindness uh, works so much until it somehow doesn't work and you recognize someone from something from 43 years ago.
0: I guess I need to recognize it. Maybe Space and Beyond wasn't wasn't something big. Maybe that was the problem. Ah, there's the...
1: I like that clarification.
0: Here's another mainstay, Nacho Lopez Echeverria, who writes us, Next episode, Jingle Fix. Since I realized Borg Node rhymes with episode... The lyrics of the next episode jingle have been bothering me. Um, P.S. I'm like a month and a half behind the podcast, so I don't know who did the Andy Needs a Sandwich jingle, but I wanted to congratulate them. Um, for your information, Nacho, it was Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins. <laughs> and uh, so here's the new next episode jingle. Uh, yes, here it is,
1: said Andy. Sorry, I didn't and mean then, to and then I, put you on the spot. And then I played it. Uh, where did it go? <laughs> uh classic it's me this classic has been a long me. long
0: podcast day from Matt. uh has got one podcast to do <laughs> Andy, Andy lives, lives doing
1: it the, just this beautiful pod, one podcast to think about life <laughs> we should, guys we can all dream of the one podcast life <laughs> <laughs> it is a dream uh i'm gonna just pull it again here and and drop it right here here we go we crossed many doors, to many
4: places. Your hails made us think of all your faces. Sit comfortably in your little board node. Let's talk about this next episode.
1: <laughs> was it nice. was it worth the resend? I think so. Thank you, <laughs> oh, Nacho.
0: Nacho's uh this is the director's cut of the next episode jingle. I love it. I love um it. Okay, that's the uh, that's it for the uh That's it for the Priority
1: One messages. We have to now
0: leave the President's Circle.
1: And open up the hail bag.
2: Captain, Captain, we are being hailed.
1: Did anybody, nobody in the President's Circle uh, said anything about the Scotty scene that I cut together, spent so much time on? I thought of all the people who would actually hear it,
0: they would be among them. Let me see. Um, I think most of the chatter about it was in the uh facebook group oh those are they 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 listened to the whole thing cool all right, yeah, um I just wanted to make sure people got to hear it Oh, yeah yeah every- yeah everybody loved it there was everybody were they were obsessed with it <laughs> um okay uh this is going to be the uh voice hail. Unless you're not ready, I can. Which is from Craig. Skip on down. Correct. Here it is. Hey guys, this is Craig from Brooklyn, New York. I just wanted to chime in and say that my name, which is spelled C-R-A-I-G, is supposed to be pronounced Craig, but a lot of people say Craig as if it rhymes with Greg. It doesn't. But I don't get upset, and that's just English-speaking Americans getting it right or wrong. All the time. So, I would imagine that in the vast reaches of space with thousands of different alien species using mm. various appendages to make languages, they might say Diana, Diana, Doana, all sorts of different things. And I don't think it would really make a difference to Diana. My two cents. Keep up the good work.
1: You know what? I am on board with it mostly. <laughs> Except for the universal translator,
0: which should just pick one. <laughs> um, Matt, I can tell you, uh, Kyle Barker, uh, who does all the uh, TNC comics, K. Barks. Yeah, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Lieutenant Commander, but Kyle Barker, Lieutenant Commander um, K. Barks. Uh, K. Barks. Uh, he did. He took your your masterpiece, mm-hmm. your re-edited masterpiece. And he made, you know, he as he does all those TNC comics. He has yeah. figures that are stand-ins for us. He uh, he made a, a basically it wasn't animated, but he basically manipulated figures <laughs> to play out <laughs> the entire clip, including our commentary. <laughs> it cut to us <laughs> commenting on the scene. Uh, so that's funny. That shows the level of commitment people had to your. That's uh, great to your, your finest work.
1: I'm glad they enjoyed.
0: Um, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Schism Zep. Josh Stafford. Uh, I think that Picard getting a higher percentage than all the previously reviewed seasons of Next Generation is the greatest plot twist revealed in podcast history. I promise I don't mean this in a snarky manner. Love the show. But do you think it's bizarre that by the time the experiment... Uh, of the podcast wraps up. The description might be something like a lifelong Trekkie undertakes a quest to introduce his friend and coworker to the world of next generation. Upon doing so, after dissecting years of the series, he comes to the stunning realization that he doesn't actually like the (laughs) next generation all that much. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite episode is relics. So sad. Josh, Ottawa, Ontario. Uh, Josh. uh,
1: Thank you for pointing that out. Look, I love, I love TNG. I can't, I can't help but love it but when you have to sit here and talk about it the minutiae just happens you know
0: it's a certain personality both of us are the personality <laughs> that uh, I mean I would argue the that it's, it's just
1: you know it's the nerd in all of us yeah Um, I'm nerdy about is. Star Trek and also nerdy about television writing and production thank you
0: uh, yep me too Uh, Our next Hail is Delightful. Um, It is from Jordan Maywood, uh, who does the podcast The Libro Cube or Libro Cube. Um, He says, hello, I love the deep dive into Star Trek lore. Who cares if it's not canon? If you get to hear Scotty recommended Jordy for a captainship. Um, anyway i thought you might uh this might be an app jingle since you already have some rat pack uh representation thank you for everything jordan maywood this is regarding the request for a memory beta jingle we had one last week we're gonna have one this week and uh and there may be another one next week so (laughs) buckle Uh, up i wish i had done a
1: dive a memory beta dive into there's one i dug out
0: Oh yeah, you can, and that was another thing. If you want, uh, this can be an ongoing segment. So if anybody's got well, memory, it's memory beta to be, stuff they want to send in, it's supposed to be an ongoing segment. And, yeah, uh, but I dug I out. We had some
1: people to send things
0: in. I can do the work. Oh, you, I thought you hated memory beta. I thought that was the whole point.
1: Oh, I'm not going to go into memory beta and find it. I'm going to do the listening. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking listen to audiobooks up the wazoo, like I've been
0: doing. Oh, I see. You're going to bring your own... F- wow, that's going the long way.
1: Well, it's a nice way to go to sleep, honestly. If John DeLancey can read me a Q novel, then I'm on board. Sure. Uh, all right. So here is the memory beta jingle. Memory, memory. beta. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: that's
1: funny.
0: Uh, here is the uh, memory beta uh, segment uh, that I dug out of an old email... Uh, sold. It was regarding Leah Brahms. Uh, hey, Matt and Andy. Um, I'm just going to send you something here. Um, whoops. Sorry. This is, I'm really what, making a what mess are you of doing? this. What are you doing? Um, so he says, hey, Matt and Andy. Uh, so I know Matt dislikes stuff that isn't exactly canon memory beta and novels, but uh, see, he thought so too. But I figured I should let you all know that Geordi does eventually, and then he uses a Star Trek-themed euphemism um, for have sex with Leah Brahms. It's one of, uh, it's in a few of the books that they hook up after Brahms' husband dies. They were also uh, going to be, they were, they were also going to be a couple during the wedding in Star Trek Nemesis, but the actress couldn't make it, so it was written, rewritten for Gynan. Thank you for keeping me laughing at work and getting weird looks uh, from coworkers. Dalton H. from South Carolina. P.S., uh, if, the, if the euphemism you put in there is a bit too much, I'll include a few others here to switch with it. Um, and Matt, these are. Did it, is it coming through? Uh, no,
1: nothing will come through that you play on your computer.
0: No, no. The, oh, there you go. Oh, weird. Why is it? There That's you go. What's happening? What are you doing? Are you? I just messages? texted it. I oh. chatted it to you, and then you can decide for yourself, as the captain of this ship, whether they're appropriate to read or not. Oh,
1: These are well, his he's euphemisms. just got a lot of euphemisms that uh, that one might use uh, for uh, getting a pitch in the strike zone. Uh, crawl through Leah Brahms's Jeffrey's tubes. Inspect her warp nacelles. Realign her warp field. Jordy makes it so. <laughs> That's it. Uh, uh, those are all very uh,
0: dumb. <laughs> um, and I mean that in like you know. So is strike zone. Um, uh, man overboard protocol. Uh, from Sarah Fall. Uh, she says, "Hey, Andy. So I just finished listening to the Schisms pod. I was shocked that you and Mad Matt, not Mad, Mad Matt." Uh, didn't point out how insane it was that Picard or Wharf or someone was not immediately notified when a crew member left the ship. Like, they're in the middle of space and they have to activate activate a yellow alert to be notified of people coming on and off uh, the ship. If you were on a an aircraft carrier in the middle of the Pacific Ocean and someone left the ship, you would be like, huh, well, no need to tell the captain. You know, he didn't specifically ask if someone had left, so we're all good. Uh, they can't just go out for a stroll they're in space for fuck's sake this point annoyed me insane just saying definitely supports Andy's theory that the computer is a dick and on that note Troy would be completely able to tell too okay rant over have a nice day and notify me if you leave the ship I think this is a really good point
1: <laughs> uh, I like it I'm on board thank you so much and um, I feel and like the, last the computer's thing- like the computer is like
0: you just you didn't ask I'm not uh, clearly. <laughs> I think her question is, why wasn't it programmed that way in the first place? But uh, maybe it just seems so so impossible that anyone would leave the ship in, in a non-classic, you know, beaming or shuttlecraft-leaving way. Um, and the last thing is a prime corrective.
1: Oh, well, I didn't know a prime corrective was coming, but guess what? I'm almost probably ready.
5: Time for a retrospective Treatys are objective. It's
6: a prime corrective
0: because Matt and Andy got it wrong. I'm gonna do my best with this name, Tony. Tony Casimiglio Um writes us, Dear Andy and Matt In the latest podcast episode for Schisms, you both say that Riker's sleep problems begin before the aliens are abducting the Enterprise crew members because it starts before LaForge brings the new sensor modifications online, but you're missing a line of dialogue from the first few minutes minutes of the episode. At one twenty seconds, LaForge tells Riker that they have been testing a way to channel warp energy to the main deflector grid. These tests would have taken several days and even just this test would have alerted the subspace aliens to the Enterprise crew's realm and allowed them to begin abducting crew members. Love the podcast. Keep it up. Matt's making a a skeptical face. He's not sure on this one. Mm.
1: Mm. I'm not buying it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a valid uh, observation. Uh But... I just feel like it needed a little more clarity than that.
0: It's uh, it's now a prime dispute more than a. It's a prime <laughs> dispute.: of I didn't
1: know we had a prime dispute. <laughs>
0: we hadn't, we didn't until now.
1: Here, but uh, here, 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 you can have this anyway.
5: It made perfect sense. Matt didn't get it because he's way too tired. But somebody got it, sent in a hail,
1: and now the plot points side.
0: There you go. If you would like to send in a regular hail, uh, send it into sdtncpod at gmail.com. You can find uh, the other gentleman who hosts this podcast at Matt Myra on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at Andrew Secunda on Twitter or at Secunda on Twitter. Uh, You can send a voice hail at 816-TREK-TNC or for Priority One Messages, find the post for this episode in our Patreon.
1: Okay, okay. It's time to get to the new episode, and uh, here's the new song to get us there. We crossed many doors, to many places.
4: Your hails made us think of all your faces. Sit comfortably in your little Borg node. Let's talk about this week's episode. Uh,
1: yeah, Borg note, worth it, I think. Definitely. Uh, this is True Q. It aired the week of October twenty sixth, nineteen ninety two. Andy, what was happening I- at that time?
0: The number one song in the U.S. Matt continued to be "End of the Road" by Boys to Men.
1: I just they just, the hits just they just keep going. Let's go. Here we are. The
0: number one... Sorry, go ahead, Andy. That's okay. I was going to tell you the number one song in the UK. The number one song in the UK was Sleeping Satellite by Tasman Archer. Or Tasmin? I don't know who that is. Sorry. We uh, played it last week. Oh, we did? Yeah. Oh, it was sort of it's It was oh, it was song, worse yeah. than the other one. Oh, it was good. Okay. Oh no, yeah, that no. one was okay. That was right. Yeah. That was it. Was, an, that it was, was good not yeah, Ebenezer good. No, <laughs> no, that was wasn't Ebenezer good. Uh, the number 1 movie was Under Siege, the number 1 book was The Tale of the Body Thief by Anne Rice. That wasn't a good. By one, the way, right? I love
1: that Wrights and Fred are in a COVID pod together. Like they're obviously oh, they're obviously just
0: decided we'll live together and hang <laughs> out in the pod. You think they're they're sort of in Bert and Ernie kind of beds with their are they siblings? <laughs> Oh, are they siblings? I did not know. Though so. I always
1: thought they were. Oh. Maybe they're not. Who? I don't know.
0: It makes sense. They look very similar. Um, the number one TV show that week was Roseanne. Uh, some events. Ross Perot buys blocks of TV time to run infomercials for his presidential campaign. And that's what was going on. That week uh, in
1: They're not. They're not siblings. They just. They just share a look. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, there you go.
1: Oh no, they are Fred Fairbrass and, and Richard. Fred and Richard Fair Fairbrass. That's the
0: Fairbrass brothers, brothers really did it.
1: That's a uh, that's a that's a good that's a good English name, Fairbrass. Yeah, yeah he was the one fairest one brass. brass dealer in the all of the kingdom. <laughs> he thusly was named Fairbrass. You uh, can come to my store, crappy brass. Nope, we're going to Fairbrass. You're but trying to cheat brass. us. You're trying to cheat us with your prices. We're going to Fairbrass. Uh, oh. all right, that's the news on that side of things, and uh, it's time to check out the other side of things, and that, of course, means to check in on Frank Sinatra to find out what the hell was going on with the chairman of the board. Where the hell did I put that sound?
0: <laughs> ah, Here its. Frank is. Sinatra, oh. come on. Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates to <laughs> to <laughs> from Frank Sinatra, come on now uh, we have an stars. interesting thing because Kevin Ryman uh, sent us um, like, uh, a, uh, a song that I had never heard before that is a Biggie Smalls that's song that's pretty awesome and um, and it has a lyric that you'll all recognize and it has a cameo appearance uh, by, by a very familiar voice in it also pretty crazy it's also a great Biggie Small song Um, alright here's what was going on with Frank Frank was taking it easy and getting ready for round two of multiple shows at Radio City Music Hall following his seven night appearance earlier this month he would then what? hit the. He did another week. Apparent? Did I say that last week?
1: No, just his seven month night appearance earlier in the month. Oh,
0: you're oh, right, Frank. You did it.
1: not slow down.
0: Jesus, the hardest hardest working man in show business. Right after James, James Brown. Brown. Um, he would then hit the road again for concerts in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Richfield, Ohio and Auburn, Michigan. Oh, Frank. So busy in the early 90s.
1: Frankie! I love you. All right. <clears throat> Time to talk about True Q, which was uh, directed by Robert Shearer and written by Renee Acevaria, and it was based upon material by Matthew Corey. Oh, interesting. A classic. I sent it in and... They just turned into a script. A young honor student's world is turned upside down when she realizes during her Enterprise stint that the powers she's been trying to ignore mean she's actually a member of the Q continuum of super beings. Picard's old nemesis Q himself turns up to take the girl back with him, but he agrees to let the girl decide her own destiny with either humanity or the continuum. The girl, Amanda, is confused and torn between the newfound abilities Q tempts her with and her love for her old friends even willing Riker into a romantic fantasy until his lack of reality grows disappointing. When Data discovers that her supposedly natural human parents were killed by an odd tornado on Earth, Q admits the two were actually executed as renegades from the continuum and that the same fate might befall Amanda. Informed of this, the furious girl gets Q to back down from his original agreement, but he tells her that if she remains with the humans, she must pledge to give up her powers. That seems an easy task until Amanda can't help herself, by intervening in a planetary disaster and sadly realizes the best choice for all of her is to go live among her own kind. There you go. Exciting. Originally titled Cue Me <laughs> until well after live filming was finished. Cue Me? Uh, I don't mind
0: that at all. Is that pun blindness? I don't even understand. It's like, who? Me? Uh, Cue I Me. See. see, there you go. Good I missed God. the pun. Good
1: god, Andy. What evs? You got to just understand all the all the cues, all the cues puns.
0: Is that right, Boston Captain? Uh, it
1: sure is. Uh, all right. So, let's hop on in here with what I would describe as a, such a weird premise for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> an honor student is welcome to board.
7: <laughs> we have arrived at starbase 112 in the loading relief supplies destined for Tagra 4. An ecologically devastated planet in the Argolis cluster. We have also taken on a rather unusual passenger.
1: Why is this? Why are they not at a starbase in this exterior shot?
0: Uh, that's a good point. It's a, just a Maybe
1: question. They, ran out? they have a stock shot of it in a starbase. Just use it.
0: Maybe where the camera is is where the starbase is. I see. You
7: on board. Thank you, sir. And congratulations. I understand that you were selected for this internship out of hundreds of applicants.
6: Yes, sir. I still can't believe they chose me. There were lots of other people with better records. Her
5: transcript is very impressive. She's done honors work in neurobiology, plasma dynamics, and echo regeneration. I'd say that's pretty well rounded. Well, that's a nice way of saying that I haven't decided what I'm going to do with my life. I've arranged to have you work in all the major departments. <laughs>
0: <while you're here. laughs> the, the reaction shot of Picard, like it's so, I'm he still so, here. He's so awkward in this scene. This scene makes me think. Going along with my theory that Picard is a virgin, maybe Picard is like a big. Maybe he's like. What does that mean? The, Tom Hanks from Big. He's kind oh, of I like, see. He's like a big. <laughs> he's a child in an adult's body. Uh, he really acts that way in Why this do scene. you say that? He's just standing there like he doesn't know what to do. Oh, I think he's standing there because he doesn't
1: like children. <laughs> oh, you think that's it? And he is like, what? I, I got to fucking deal with this child, the student, who might get into Starfleet Academy on my fucking, in my ready room while I have I a medical crisis weird. to deal with. I'm annoyed. I'm Captain Picard. I'll just stand here politely. And that's Give why the, that. second, actually... the second Riker comes in, he's
0: like, please take her to her camp right. He uh, he's, he's, He gives her words of encouragement, though.
1: He does. Uh, it's a unique opportunity. Uh, avail yourself of it.
5: And I'm willing to bet that by the time it's over, you'll have a pretty good idea what field you're interested in.
7: Or at least what field you're not interested in. Come. We're bringing up the rest of the cargo now. We should be ready to leave within the hour. Commander, will you escort Miss Rogers to her quarters? I need to discuss the Tegrin's medical needs with Dr. Crusher. And Miss Rogers... I need to go back to captaining. You've won yourself a rare opportunity. <clears throat> Avail yourself of it.
6: I will, sir. And thank you.
7: <laughs> It'll take you a few days before you know where everything is. If you need any help, you just use, use one of these comm panels.
6: Um... We're on deck seven, section four. Wow. You're right.
0: She knows her stuff.
6: I the specs on the way over here.
7: You're a quick study. This is it. Is this for me? It's all yours.
1: In her day, even an admiral wouldn't have had such quarters. (laughs) It really felt like it was that same scene again. Uh, <laughs> this is also, funny. It's a funny end of the gold open. Where last last week it was a poem about a cat and someone sleeping, and this week it's puppies that show up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a problem with it. It's cute as a button. I did one thing that di- I did note. I mean, it's it's in every episode, but then this one it was particularly clear that they were. It seemed like they were blocking it because she has all this dialogue out away from Riker. That it, they're trying to get it all in that one shot, even though it's clearly a face-to-face scene. Well, it's a walk and talk. It's a walk and talk, but once they come in the room, then she's giving all of her dialogue to the room.
1: Well, she's taking it all in. Uh huh. Well, it's, it's it, justifiable. In, in I'm day, not saying it's a... in her day, even an admiral wouldn't have had such <laughs> quarters.
6: Walking well, <blocking> me down. <sighs> sure.
1: I bet he, as soon as he walked out of there, he's like, You still got it, Riker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, he no. seems uh uh uncharacteristically not not uh, interested. He's sort of the age difference. So I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna go ahead and take the Picard school of thought here. <laughs> he's just child. got shit to do. She's <laughs> a child and he's <laughs> trying to run a rescue operation. <laughs> right. Oh no, no, no.
6: He's and also
0: it. he's got that date with that other brunette. That's true. I guess he's got other stuff going on. But he plays it once she does a full court press on him. He turns her down, but it's not clear that he's turning her down because of the age difference. He's sort of leaving the door a little open.
1: Well, he's like, maybe in in, in 20 years you give me a call. I see.
6: You guys can't stay here.
1: Puppies are cute. Yeah.
6: Come on, all of you.
1: I wish I knew nothing about the episode and was like, oh, that's the cue sound. What the hell's happening? Oh. Uh, I, my favorite thing in this episode is the wasted space in the, tri- the medical tricorder shelving unit, which yeah. is this immense bookshelf that has two tricorders f- closed on every shelf.
5: You're in good shape. Sure. You might just live to be my age. Now, all these tricorders need to be tested. <laughs> I know, they
1: can I know space is not at a premium on the Enterprise. There's plenty of it, and they can devote endless amounts of shelving to whatever they want, but it just seems like it could have been a third of the size.
0: Can <laughs> you imagine how many how many pads, like uh, c- cabinets with pads, that they have to get space for? <laughs> yeah, especially because no, they, like, they hadn't quite conceptualized the fact that everything could be accessed from
1: one pad. Right. like, Because there are scenes with Riker and, or, or Picard with like four to twelve pads on the desk when they're really crunching some problems. Yeah. Anyway, here we Two. go.
6: I don't remember anything about them. Sometimes I wonder what they were like. Your adoptive parents are in Starfleet, aren't they? Yeah, they're marine biologists. They've just been posted to the Bilaran system.
4: Sickbay to Dr. Crusher. You wanted to be told when the cultures were ready.
5: On my way.
1: Here's what I would have done. I would have been like, again, I love this episode. And guess what? It's nitpick time, everybody. I would have used the medical (laughs) tricorder like a medical (laughs) tricorder is used. (laughs) Uh I would have taken the salt shaker out of the top of it, which is the actual medical probe. And I would have scanned myself with it while holding the tricorder not upside down.
0: Is she holding it upside down? Yes, the whole I time. Is- Here, look. So- <laughs> there. No. Jack yeah. died
5: when he was five.
0: That's, My parents uh, died
5: when I was a baby, too.
1: That's
0: on the directors. I don't
1: remember. Well, look. Robert Shear It's on Robert Shear. I don't know what you were doing, but... Uh, I like that she's You're like... Actually,
0: it's more, it's more script Script supervisor. That's on script supervisor.
1: Uh, it's really... I, I think it's interesting that like there, he, she's like, go help Nurse Ogawa load this stuff, and then she appears alone...
0: I feel like she's in the nurse wide Ogala. shot. In the wide shot, though, Ogawa's in it. Oh, she is. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Thank you very much for your help. Either way, Nurse Ogawa, every available hand not, a, get. not an under five in sight. We've ever mounted.
6: Now, why, why are you bringing everything down in shuttlecraft?
8: Well, because we can't use the transporters for all the ionization in the Taguan atmosphere.
6: From the barostatic filters? How did you know that? I did a paper on eco-regeneration.
8: Well, then you know that a thousand barostatic filters puts out quite a bit of ionization. A thousand? Yeah, they've managed to pollute their atmosphere pretty badly.
6: It's amazing to think that they go to such lengths to clean the air instead of regulating the emissions that cause the problem.
8: Yeah, you're right. Actually, the only thing the filters can do is keep things from getting worse. They shoot the air full of... Commander, are you all right?
1: You okay? Oh, it's not Ogawa. I I just saw uh, I just saw a brunette medical person. Aha, uh-huh, you have face Ogawa. blindness too. <laughs> I have
0: medical extra blindness. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so uh so then uh, Olivia Dabo screwed Nurse Ogawa out of an under five. All she had to do was let her help her bring the tricorders down to the, sh- to the shuttle bay. I bet that was
1: like a contingency on her agreeing to do the show. <laughs> She's like, look, I'll only do this if I don't I get all of Nurse Ogawa's lines. <laughs> uh, that's very funny to me. I don't know why that's funny to me, but that's funny to me. Okay, here we go.
6: Energy is harnessed in there.
4: Imagination is not necessary. The scale is readily quantifiable. We are presently generating 12.75 billion gigawatts per. The temperature the uh, reaction uh, chamber has
1: increased. Look, I love it. I know Q created the warp core breach, but every time the warp core is going to breach and, and they get to evacuate uh, uh, engineering, uh, I'm delighted by the scene. Doesn't matter what's happening.
0: It was exciting. By
8: 47%. Percent- Injector couplings are frozen. I can't slow down the reaction.
1: I mean it's just like I like seeing like what the fuck they do when shit is hitting the fan and they literally cannot stop it.
0: Yeah, it's and I think it was it was effective in terms of attention way in a way that many of the, many times there's an episode that where there's actually a problem that they slowly build to and you don't feel this level of danger and tension.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, but this is an early contender for MVC. True damage. I mean, the ship is going to blow up. Are you
0: saying she stopped? She it. is six
1: percent.
0: <laughs> <rise. Yeah. laughs> the
8: Forge Bridge. We're looking at a core breach. We're gonna have to try and vent the plasma.
0: Plasma inductors are not responding.
4: We're
8: gonna lose containment. All right, everybody, out of here now. Let's go. Let's move it. Data, bring down the isolation door. We're gonna have to eject the warp core.
4: in the reaction chamber has returned to normal.
0: You're welcome. Look at Lavar Burton giving a a raised eyebrow reaction through visor.
1: Yeah. Pretty impressive.
0: Guy uh, never got to use
1: his eyes, which is usually an actor's uh, most emotive part, and
0: he nails it all the time. You read it on his face. She's human.
5: There's nothing more unusual about her. Not that my instruments can detect.
0: Come Not that on, your instruments you can detect. The... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Classics I had to check Beverly. all the
1: tricorders myself. <laughs> walk no, sir. I, I held the tricorder like this. That's upside down, <laughs> Beverly. <laughs> oh. I'll have Nurse O'Gawa check the tricorders. <laughs> well,
8: and then suddenly, it's like the laws of physics went right out the window. And why shouldn't they? They're so inconvenient.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh I love the just the real
0: The Newman kind of <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: It's delightful. Uh, and I also like this whole like let's just keep him in a captain's uniform forever now. Sure.
0: Is, it, is now is that a captain's uniform he's in and not an admiral's uniform? Because he was an admiral uniform. before, wasn't he? He
1: was once
7: back in the old uh
1: the second Q episode that I can't remember the name of.
7: Uh in. no, I think Are you responsible for this incident in engineering?
8: Of course. I needed to find out if what I suspected about the girl were true. That being, that she's Q.
5: Amanda's a Q? How is that possible? Her, her parents, her biological parents, were human.
8: Well, not exactly. They had assumed human form. Um
1: <laughs> watch that watch watch Lamar Burton's posture, and <laughs> that's it's very funny to me. He just really is like. Not into Q. Q.
5: <laughs> Amanda's a Q? How is that possible her biological parents were human? Uh, well, not exactly. Uh, uh, they
0: had assumed human form. This guy. I'm checking out himself. of this conversation.
8: <laughs> For amusement. But in vulgar human fashion, they proceeded to conceive a child.
1: And then, like, <laughs> mockish human. Q winks at
8: Crusher.
5: became a Very to funny.
8: Yeah, he's John Delancey. What is it about these squirming little infants that you find so appealing?
5: I'm sure that's beyond your comprehension, Q.
8: I desperately hope so.
5: What happened to Amanda's parents?
8: They died in an accident. None of us knew whether she had inherited the capacities of the Q, but recently they've begun to emerge, and uh, as an expert in humanity, I was sent to investigate. You? An expert in humanity? Not a very challenging field of study, I grant you. (laughs) Are you saying that you created a core breach just to test this girl?
5: Uh huh. What would have happened if she couldn't stop it?
8: Then I would have known she wasn't a cue.
5: And now that so you're
1: good, are. I wish they had left a little more space there for 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 a reaction from somebody else,
0: from the people. Just like, what the Jordy? hell is he talking about? No, like part I, of the I thing would have
1: thing. No, she wasn't a cue, and just like even a raised eyebrow from Jordy would have been very funny to me.
0: I guess what I like about this this scene is. This is great. Ba- this is a great basketball team at this point. They've all worked together. They know what Q is going to do when he comes in. John DeLancey is having the time of his life, but he's not overplaying it because you could easily go overboard, which I think he had in earlier performances. And th- as far as I'm concerned, this episode, if I had any doubts about Q, has completely won me over. Like, he completely crushes it in this episode. Welcome to the Q Comedically, in terms of performance just and writing wise they just nail it it's just really the scene is a masterpiece good to have you on
1: the Q club we've been waiting a while for you
0: welcome to Q club
5: oh what do you intend to do
1: instruct her
8: if this child does not learn how to control her power she may accidentally destroy herself or all of you or perhaps your entire galaxy I find it hard to believe that you're here to do us a favor you're quite right I wouldn't but there are those in the continuum who have an over-exaggerated sense of responsibility. They think that we need to take precautions to keep the little deer from running amok.
5: And once you've taught her, then you'll go away?
8: And leave her here? Of course not. She'll come back to the continuum where she belongs.
5: Wait a minute. You, you can't just come in here and take her away from everything she's ever known. <laughs>
8: I assure you, I can. She has plans for herself. She wants
5: to have a career and a family.
8: I'm rescuing her from that miserable existence.
5: That miserable existence is all she's known for the last eighteen years. You have no right to take her away from it. Mon I really think that we need to speak privately.
0: <laughs> what I love is just even the subtlety of. Well, there, that's better. I assure you, I can. <laughs> Is not just the the cockiness and the incredulousness at like like you don't think I can do that? I'm omnipotent, but also that he looks a little bit at the rest of the people in the room like, what's wrong with her? <laughs> <laughs> You're all on my side, right? It's just such it's a also, great performance. Like, this is
1: the like this is the episode of uh like that he is completely annoyed by
0: Crusher Beverly. Like yeah, that's, and
1: that's the C runner of this episode is that he is annoyed. You have the B-runner, Sheila, lo- that uh, Amanda loves Riker, uh, yeah. has a crush on Riker, and the C-runner is <laughs> Q hates Beverly Crusher.
0: It's so good. And he's slowly gone through most of, a lot of the crew and done different, definitely with Riker at least, and Picard. But uh, it, this is such a good use of Beverly in this episode. It's really a good plot for her. Yeah, they gave her An, something to do. Organic, yeah.
8: Crusher gets more shrill with each passing year. Q, what is it you really want? Well, since you know so much about the Q, I thought you'd be the perfect person to introduce me to the child. Let her know that she can trust me. I don't trust
7: you, Q. Why should I expect Amanda to?
8: Well, she better, because I'm all she's got.
7: She needs me to help her prepare for her future with the Q. But what if she doesn't want that future? It must be her decision.
8: Oh, yes, yes, yes! You think that she will want to remain an enfeebled mortal?
7: But if she really is Q... She must understand what that means. Very well. I will introduce you, but... We cannot argue like this in front of her. We must at least appear to be... Pals. <laughs> Civil. <laughs> I knew I could count on you, Jean-Luc.
8: Pal. I wish the rest of the episode... So
1: good! I wish the rest of the episode was these two raising a baby, and it was two men and a baby. <laughs> Matt, submit it
0: in the 90s. Dear Star Trek.
7: <laughs> I don't know about her biological parents, about that death. Uh,
1: also, I love, I love when uh, Q bursts, th- walks through the wind door, and then Picard tries to come in and go, this is Q. It's so great.
7: There's my girl. Uh. Amanda, uh, allow me to introduce... Uh, uh he's, um, he's an acquaintance of ours. We've uh, we've known him for years. Very impressive the way you contain that explosion. What else have you done?
6: I, I don't understand.
8: Telekinesis teleportation. Spontaneous combustion of someone you don't like. <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> I, <laughs> wish had, I wish he
0: should have looked at Beverly for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. That keep would that, have made more sense.
1: Keep yeah. that runner going. Yeah. Uh all right what you
6: i don't want to go anywhere
8: don't worry with time you'll overcome the disadvantages you suffered as a child no one will hold it against you for having been human
7: let's go
5: leave me
6: alone i'm not going anywhere with you
7: you agree that she has a right to choose her own future the first chance you get you try to abduct her <laughs>
1: You're over- <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what happened between scenes Where right, where uh, Picard was like I'm going to change into my more comfortable s- Picard again <laughs> It is chilly <laughs> It is chilly in here I'm going to change It's,
0: it's a is draft a And it's coming it from to. the dynamics Between <laughs> these two <laughs>
8: Has a vested interest in this young woman If you wish to protect that investment I suggest that you approach her differently oh, She was being impetuous She'll just have to start behaving like a cue. If I'm not mistaken. She just did
0: ooh snap you understand
1: <laughs> We do need an air horn. I don't know why I haven't pulled one yet. It's crazy uh, I mean in many ways, this is like a very small story. it is in it's a, really... a, but like a, a really well done and very uh I mean each. Each step in the story makes sense. There's nothing where you're like, oh, wait, that that shouldn't have happened or that wouldn't happen. It all felt very uh, organic to the characters.
0: I know, and this is kind of like, uh, this is the thing. In the past, I feel like Q is sort of used as sort of a deus ex machina kind of um, way to make plot happen in a somewhat inorganic way. And because it's built like this from the ground up, And you sort of understand his motivations and her motivations and the crew's motivations. It's just it's very it's just a great use of this pretense of an omnipotent being. And in this episode, I think more than any of the ones we've seen thus far, there's a logical laying out of what the Q can do, and maybe even hinting at why they can do it. It's just very well drawn. And every every story, hinting at why they can do it. What is it? What do you think it is? Uh, well, uh, Picard later in... Th- Wait, why or what? Or how? Sorry. <laughs> do you mean why they why they do what they do?
1: Is that a uh, question? Why they... You said how and why they can do it.
0: Oh, I meant why they... What their motivations might I be. I gotcha. I gotcha. I
1: was wondering if I missed some subtle dialogue about what made the Q the Q.
0: Well, there is an, there is an implication of that the Q continuum can yeah. take out other Q, and that they destroy her parents. That's new information.
1: But they were human at that point.
0: Is the suggestion that they weren't also Q, even though they were human? Like Uh, they'd given up their powers? Is that the idea?
1: Right? Doesn't he say they gave up their powers, but then they used their powers?
0: And that's why they were destroyed. But I guess that's what I'm saying is... I
1: guess the Continuum can kill a Q. I mean, the Continuum took... They probably took away their powers and then killed them because, the, you know, if you think back to uh, season four, uh, uh, Deja Q, I think, is the name of the episode. It's uh, when he loses his powers. They take the powers away from Q.
0: Oh, right. That's true. Yeah. yeah.
5: Please. You've got a deal. The first three hours you have, I want to see you in the medical lab. I have an experiment I need your
0: help with. Yes, ma'am. You're going to ruin it.
7: (laughs) Your progress, Q. As
8: anticipated, there are some problems. I need time. However, there is the possibility we won't have to terminate the girl.
1: Oh.
0: He's changed. Come in.
8: Hello, my dear.
1: <laughs> Do you think anyone, like, there's got to be crew members on on the ship that don't know that Q is Q and just see a captain walking down the
8: halls?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
8: <laughs> I've been told I behaved badly. I apologize. Apparently you had every reason to chastise me. But then again, what's done is done, Right.
6: I'd like to ask you some questions. Anything. What exactly are the Q?
8: It'd be so much easier to show you than to tell you. If you would agree to take a short visit to the Continuum...
6: No. Just tell me.
8: Well, to put it simply, we're omnipotent. There's nothing, nothing we can't do.
6: And what do you do with this power?
8: Anything we want.
6: Do you use it to help others?
8: <laughs> I think you've missed the point, my dear. Clearly, you've spent far too much time with humans. As a Q, you can have your heart's desire instantly, whatever that may be. Would you like precious jewels, works of art? Would you like to...
1: Why would a why would a Q really want talk. jewels?
5: I <laughs> don't art? know.
0: That's a weird first thing that he says.
8: You're a Q. But surely there must be something... That you want. Something that you never dreamed was possible. Tell me, Amanda. What is it?
6: I'd like to know what my parents look like.
0: Just like Harry Potter.
6: My real parents.
0: Oh, my gosh. My parents were translucent.
1: They don't look nearly as British as I do. (laughs) Um, All right. So then she goes to the medical lab for Crusher's experiment. Her
6: experiment?
5: From each of the dishes. Mitosis, right? You seem distracted. Well, I
6: just saw my parents... My real parents.
0: That was fake assholes.
1: <laughs>
0: they were see-through. Can you
5: imagine
6: how that felt.
5: No, I don't think I can. You know,
6: you were right. I can't ignore what's happened to me. I just don't know if I can cope with it.
5: Amanda. You are stronger than you think. You know,
6: when I saw them there, right in front of me, I realized that I caused this to happen. I wanted to see them, and I did. If it were you. If suddenly you could have anything you wanted.
0: She's really leading her in this conversation (laughs) Beverly's like does it clearly knows what she's saying she doesn't answer it and then she's like yeah but what about your husband
6: no think about it really think (laughs) if suddenly you could make anything happen
5: what would it be well I would probably want to heal people people who are hopelessly ill
6: Would you bring your husband back?
0: this girl's a little weird. <laughs> What's up? She's weird. She's a weird girl. She's not weird. She's a Q. The Q are selfish. Uh-huh. Inherently. Uh, you, so. Do you think the Q are inherently selfish? I do. He was implying Q was implying that the Q co- t- continuum is sort of more concerned with morality than he is, or not destroying yeah, the universe? Yeah. Well, or look, whatever.
1: the Q. Uh, maybe the collective good is better than the individual Q. But like, I mean, his first thing: you want jewels, art? <laughs> well, that just seems weird. <laughs> well, I just think it's all very there, there's some selfishness I think inherent in the Q. In, and, but even in if there was selfishness, they would
0: they wouldn't care about that shit
1: right, but he's trying to think of like what a human would care about.
0: Right, 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 right. For themselves.
8: Right. It's time for another lesson.
6: Well, I have to finish this experiment first. What are you doing? We're delivering live vaccine bacilli to Tagra. I'm supposed to find the best nutrient solution so we can keep them living while they're in stasis.
8: Fascinating. Oh, I just had a splendid idea. Why don't we combine what you're doing with our lesson, and we'll show you how to finish in no time.
6: Well, I think that I should finish it the way Dr. Prussia showed me Oh, first. I'm sure
8: she'd be delighted if we sped things along. I mean, think what it would mean. You could double, even triple the workload. Well, good.
6: I guess so. Now,
8: as you take a look at the tissue samples,
0: if you're Foreman, he- yes omnipotent yes we've had this conversation before about his um he's not omniscient but he is omnipotent yes but if you're omnipotent can't you decide to be omniscient mm, uh maybe that's a level of uh, purity that the q uh, strive for and no one yeah. has achieved yet because he comes in and he's like what is the experiment and he you know theoretically he would now or I could mean, access always that information. he he's a
1: Q. He can do anything he wants. He doesn't know everything. Right. He said, you know, his IQ is a thousand and something, not, you know, not a right. gajillion.
0: Yeah, that's a good distinction, yeah, for a character.
7: It'll have to be shipped in a stasis field. Will you make the arrangements? i get right
4: on it. Captain, message coming in from Togra 4. On screen.
1: That, that, that poor guy that, that, that's working Worf's station... Yeah. Doesn't get to do anything. What do you mean? That is the station where communications come in. That is the station where he'd put things <laughs> on screen. <laughs> Dave is like, hey, get out of my way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He'll want to hear this from, from me. Four. The other thing so I, I like is. Watch him hit that- the button and walk. He looks. On load. He actually has a look when he when he sees them put it up on screen. Oh wait, does oh he puts it up on screen? But you're saying he doesn't get to no, announce. it. Data
1: puts it up on screen
0: and walks away.
1: Data hits the button on, on the on Worf's console and walks funny back because to the station.
0: The extras look is kind of like I hey, know he emoted really correctly. Funny. Good He's job, like, specific acting, brother. This fucking—he's like this fucking robot again. <laughs>
7: it could be of assistance. I hope so.
0: That's the reason none of us if have I'm been fun. promoted. He's worth like ten of us. Go to help. By the way, i, I, I love that you hear Lote speak before and I and I thought to myself, Ooh, what kind of weirdo alien are we gonna see when they turn the camera around? And I was not disappointed. He looks like it was he's like his face is a is Play Doh that a kid played with.
1: Good alien. Uh, I mean look he's got four nostrils. This guy's got a double nose.
4: He's
0: got a lot of stuff.
1: He's no got wonder, face. no wonder the air quality popador. is affecting them so badly. They he's have four wearing nostrils. Wearing
0: a string of pearls. No, that's his inhaler on a string of pearls
7: what is it Mr. Data
1: (laughs) why aren't you at your station by the way (laughs) (laughs) where's Mr. Wolf? he hasn't been in this all episode
0: I was working on the information (laughs) about Amanda Roger's
7: parents (laughs) their home was destroyed during a tornado (laughs) tornado why wasn't it dissipated by the weather modification net unknown sir
0: that's a cool detail I missed
7: after the storm had passed See if you can find out any more details, Mr. Data. I'd like to know more about that storm. Aye, sir. Well, if it isn't number two. (laughs) I was looking for Dr. Crusher. I didn't know what nutrients she wanted to send with the bacilli.
6: Uh, I'm not sure. I'll tell her to contact you. Thanks. You could stay here.
7: (laughs) So awkward.
6: If you, you know, wanted to.
7: Just tell her I'll be in shuttle bay too. You're attracted to him.
8: I am not. I think you are.
6: How repulsive.
8: <laughs> How do you stand that hair all over his face?
6: Doctor, Commander Riker was just here looking for you. He said he'd be in shuttle bay.
0: Um. Just to go back to the uh, weather modification. Net, yeah. Net. Um, it kind of points out first of all I really love that detail that they have weather modification net on Earth but also it kind of points out that the queue doesn't care about appearances They like, even though there's a weather modification net they were just sort of like I don't know make it a tornado but they don't have tornadoes on the,
1: <laughs> I don't care uh, they, I they think didn't pick they, something that could happen I think they still do they still have tornadoes just less just you know mm. Less powerful ones, and the card
0: says the weather modification that implies to me why that wasn't they, it
1: dissipated? He didn't say why didn't it? Why did a tornado happen? He's like he's more reacting to they were killed by a tornado, whereas right. instead of like
0: oh you're saying it's less of a stretch because it can happen and then it yes, just, and I think I he's see.
1: like why wasn't it dissipated? Meaning like why was it a category four tornado, right? Instead of a category mm-hmm. one like we always get now that the weather modification net
0: is up still feel as if they're omnipotent that they could have picked something that they actually would have died from
6: yeah doctor commander riker was just here
0: but they obviously didn't need to cover their tracks
1: no one cared it's true until someone looked into it they're
6: looking for you he said he'd be in shuttle bay too thank you have you finished already Yes. Yeah. how did you do it so quickly well q helped me it took us about half the time that it would have normally Is taken Is her
1: combat us. on her uniform or on her jacket this time
5: that explains this data I needed to know the rates of mitosis by artificially inflating them. You made the experiment useless. Now I have to do it all over again. I'm sorry, doctor.
8: Don't be sorry. If she wants to make things difficult on herself, that's her business.
5: Why did you interfere with what she was doing?
8: Jack has a cue making her plod through human chores is beneath her.
5: She asked not to be treated differently. That doesn't mean she should be bored to death. I don't interfere with what you're teaching You me. would be incapable of interfering. And I don't think it's asking too much that you do the same. <laughs> and you stay out of mine.
1: Well, when you put it like that, I...
5: I think you're absolutely right.
1: I think that Q understood what the dog barks were. <laughs> and heard the entire statement <laughs> but it's just playing it
0: like this cuz he's like don't let her know that I turned her into a dog. <laughs> uh I think Double does does a good job with the uh with the cue motions. Uh, I think they uh I think they're a little uh think, exaggerated. Well, she's a beginning cue.
1: I mean, who do we we only have uh I mean, she's she's more um wizardy? <laughs> no, what's the name of Corbin Burnson? She's more she's Corbin Burnsoning it.
0: <laughs> Did he do that? I don't remember.
1: Yeah, when he was, when he was the other Q, he was like yeah. uh, a lot of big hand movements and all that shit.
4: <laughs> what is it? It was unusually compact, yet extremely powerful. Its recorded wind velocity was characteristic of a funnel
7: three times its size. Download the files to my radio room. I'll study them there.
1: I love reading about old weather. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Have
8: you been practicing your teleportation?
6: Yes, but it's kind of hard. I keep ending up somewhere I don't want to be.
8: Well, it won't do to be sloppy. We should
1: (laughs) hone. This premise came from seventeen-year-old Matt Corey from North Carolina. What do you mean? The premise for the episode. Oh, really? Yep. Seventeen-year-old Matt Corey from North Carolina had the guest role
0: as a young man so he could play it (laughs) that's amazing because i was about to say if i was a 17 year old and i was obsessed with star trek i would be writing this so that i could play it
1: despite its original (laughs) plot involving wesley crusher a teenage love affair and an unwanted pregnancy (laughs) a noted it was quite good and wait
0: who wrote that that was that was his original Matt version. Corey, yeah. I see,
1: gotcha. Uh, Esharea noted it was quite good and provided a special thrill when Taylor let him call uh, Corey to tell him of the sale. Uh, it's kind of the mirror of three years ago when Michael Pillar called me one day uh, after more than a year of sending in scripts to Star Trek and having them rejected, and then saying that they wanted it. Even then, Esharea said the first show, his first show as a staff writer, had its share of stress working uh, for the first time on a deadline admitted with a laugh that he didn't even know what the various color, uh, colors of script rewrite pages were coded, uh, to keep them in order. But the humor didn't suffer for the young woman's character. He had sneaked the name of Samantha, Elizabeth Montgomery's supernatural sitcom nose, twitcher of bewitched through several drafts before Rick Berman caught it. (laughs) That's hilarious. Uh, Amanda's holodeck fantasy with Riker seems more airy and offbeat than usual. It's due to the late decision by Pillar to punch up the underlying tension by letting the audience hear just before that cue might kill her. A change made after the fantasy scene was filmed. As in, with relics, the single biggest scene cut for time involved Troy, who early on brought Amanda a vacationing crewman's dog, named Henry, to dog-sit. A scene with the puppy litter she conjured up was cut for time, although a white blur is visible next to Q on the sofa immediately after. There you go. Wait, there was already a dog in there? Do you see the white blur next to Q on the sofa right now on the pause screen? He's sitting there. There's a, there's a puppy there.
0: Uh, and that was something Troy brought her?
1: <laughs> no. This was a different scene with a puppy litter. Oh, my God. Wait. This is a different scene with a puppy litter other than the one in the cold open? This would be a fourth dog in the episode is what I'm saying.
0: And who brought this one?
1: Follow along. (laughs) A scene that was cut had Troy bringing by a dog that a crew member who was vacationing had named Henry. Okay? Okay. We have the first batch of puppies in the cold open. Okay. Okay. We have uh, Crusher getting turned into that dog. Okay. Correct. And then the fourth dog is a scene with a puppy litter she conjured up was cut for time. Although a white blur is visible next to Q on the sofa immediately after this. I
0: don't. I don't think my confusion is unwarranted. There's a there's, she conjures up a puppy litter in the cold open, and you're saying that she conjures up a second puppy litter in this scene. I'm saying and then that they cut she it for time.
1: does not emotionally understand how to deal with things, and the puppies were comforting
0: her. And then there's a separate thing with Troy having brought a dog yes, to her. to make her feel better. So strange.
1: Is it strange? It was written by a
0: teenager. <laughs> but wait, they, they didn't leave that through to production. They clearly revamped the whole script. I know, but I'm assuming they
1: left all of the, all of the dog scenes had to have been by the teenager. There's no reason otherwise.
0: Yeah, but you're proposing it because you're saying it's part of the scene that they were all part of the production draft. Yeah, I'm saying that they
1: took this kid's idea. They were like, okay, we're going to cut the Wesley's obviously not in it. We're going to cut that. We're gonna cut- Oh, puppies. That's funny. Pu- oh, that's cute. Oh, the dog thing. I think that like that is the other thread that stayed. It doesn't say that anywhere. I'm just guessing.
0: So it's weird. So weird. Especially the Troy thing. It's like weird. She brings-
1: okay, what's weirder? Them to leave that thread in from this child script, or for grown adults to put in four dog scenes.
0: That's what I'm arguing. The second thing is the weird thing.
1: I'm arguing that that's weird too, and I'm trying to give it an explanation of they just left this Matt Carey's version where he had four dog scenes. All right. That to me is, Here's is what we're weirder weirder do because it's a bunch of. Anyone you know how there, it works, Matt. Anyone out there can get a hold of Matt Carey and, Corey. and uh, Matt Corey and, and, and get me a hold of the original draft. <laughs> Or just ask him how many dog scenes did he have in his first draft.
0: I don't think I'll want to talk about it. It seems like he uh he this was his, his only credit. It's very sad. He was he had such an early start.
1: Well I mean there's nothing sad about that. He fucking lived out a dream.
3: Well, you know how you know <laughs> many Star Trek credits I
1: have? Zero. I mean that's it's like really the fucking kid lived out a dream. He's probably, you know, just like and he's got a crazy anecdote
0: to tell people all right you, you you're uncharacteristically positive on this matt cory
1: thing uh his name's matt he was 17 at the time uh if he's around someone uh, get me get me hold that script okay
0: i don't think my misunderstanding that uh, is anything except uh, understanding the insanity of what's going on and not not uh well not that's why i'm pitching it.
1: that it must have been a 17 year old adult human professional writers and production staff couldn't have come dispute, up with the idea to have four
0: dogs. Where I dispute that is, you know that even if you are a professional writer on staff, if you have a certain kind of showrunner, how much they're going to rewrite every word that you say. So, sure, it seems unlikely that they would have taken the seventeen-year-old script and not beaten the hell out of it before it got again anywhere I'm, close again, to production.
1: What I am saying is, threads yeah. they left. Q, child, Enterprise,
0: dogs. Yeah. Four those, are the, those are the threads <laughs> The four dogs is the whole reason I did this episode <laughs> I have a wonderful idea We have a little puppy
1: Why don't we play a little game By the way I never noticed that puppy Thank you Dr. Trek Larry Nemechek Dr. Uh, Trek They go play, uh, play hide and seek on the Enterprise And then uh, the coolest thing ever They're fucking
0: standing on the outside of the hull it's pretty awesome. That would have sold me, too.
8: Now do you understand? What do humans have to offer you that even
1: begins to compare with that? Well, I mean, they built the ship, and I was Your ship on contains it. wonders. <laughs> you can't even imagine. Two ships? The universe
8: could be your playground hmm.
6: Dr. Crusher and Counselor Troy they're taking me to dinner
1: they already brought me they a dog to eat, you know. it's a
8: nasty human habit you could easily do without
1: that settles it Andy would not become a Q
0: I would not or I'd be a very fat Q
6: it was at first, but actually now I'm enjoying myself.
7: Hello, ladies.
6: Hello, Will. Commander Riker. Um, <laughs> won't you join us?
7: I'd love to, but I have other plans.
1: So, you're visiting from the
0: academy. <laughs> <laughs> it's another student. <laughs> um, so. I mean, it goes, it goes into the box with. The weirdness of his relationship with Troy, but even independent of uh, Olivia Dalbo, it's weird that he's, he's got this table and he doesn't move, he's on a date, literally like two feet in front of Troy. <laughs> but I guess that's their deal. They're, they're polyamorous. What is the, the, they're ethically polyamorous with something. I, don't know I mean,
1: you're, you're, you're pitting that on them. I just think they're friends with benefits at this point.
0: What's the distinction between those two things?
1: They're not in a relationship.
0: I see. No.
7: You can't snatch people and put them into your fantasies and expect them to respond. See, he like
0: takes her hands off Don't his neck, like but then he kind of holds her hands and keeps you rubbing just them. A little bit. Comforting. Uh huh.
7: You're a very lovely young lady. But none of this is real.
1: I once had Q powers. Let me tell you about it.
6: <laughs> My feelings are real.
7: I know. But you can't make someone love you.
6: Can't I?
0: See, I thought that was a good hand motion.
8: You are so beautiful.
1: I mean, it really depends on which sound effect is chosen by <laughs> the sound department. She gets it. You're right. None of it's real. Yeah.
6: None of this is real.
0: But my top hat.
6: I thought it would be romantic. May I keep it? <laughs> but it's empty. Amanda. Just go back to 10 forward.
0: <laughs> It'd be funny. If she I sent w- him.
1: He just. I wish she forgot. Right.
0: <laughs> she the sent, love spell. She sent him back and then he's just talking about Amanda the rest of the episode. <laughs>
7: Bonjour mon capitaine. You wanted to speak with me. I wanted to ask you about Amanda's biological parents. When they decided to remain on Earth, what was the reaction in the Q continuum? We found it incomprehensible. Were they pressured to return? Were they threatened with any punishment if they didn't? What are you driving at, Picard? Well, the circumstance of their death is quite odd. A tornado somehow escaped the weather modification net and touched down in only one spot. Amanda's home. Well, you can never predict the weather. But tornadoes developed from existing storm fronts. But you see, there were no storm fronts in Kansas that day. (laughs) Witnesses reported that the funnel materialized spontaneously, directly over Amanda's home, destroyed it, and disappeared if you say so i wasn't there
0: does not seem a like man's uh execute livingston picard has a lot of room in that aquarium
1: well i think uh troy checks in on it you know make sure that it's <laughs> uh-huh. feeling okay and sure has some empathy That'd be all right so problem. they find out that uh she uh, her parents were killed by the continuum uh and that she can't just be frolicking around as a human with Q power. She needs to be a full continuum member.
7: In the meantime, I'm faced with a crisis of a different nature. Look, I have no reason to believe that Q is lying. He claims he has orders from the continuum. If Amanda cannot prove that she is fully Q, then he must kill her.
5: We have to tell her. I don't know if we should. It almost seems cruel. Maybe she can She'll protect She'll be okay. I got her a dog earlier. She has a great deal of power. So did her parents. It didn't save them.
7: I agree with the counselor. Amanda deserves to know the truth of her situation. We have no right to hold such crucial information from her. But it isn't going to be easy telling her. What is your impression of the field modulator, Mr. Lote? Quite ingenious, quite ingenious indeed. I... Th-
0: <coughs> yeah, six feet, six feet load. Amazed.
1: Back up! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nobody's wearing a mask. Commander, we're all loaded here. We can head for the surface whenever you're ready. I'm
2: eager to see the field modulator in place, Commander. I th- <coughs> oh,
0: Jesus. We
7: better get going. Yes,
1: Now, do you think that's because he has some weird emphysema thing caused by the atmosphere, or do you think it's because he doesn't breathe the same atmosphere as uh, humans, or do you think it's because he can't breathe normally unless it's polluted air?
0: (laughs) She actually destroyed their planet when she removed the pollution. Right, like she could have killed
1: everyone. They all could have coughed to death. (laughs) I can't breathe clean air! (laughs) Everyone, use your inhalers! Quickly! Quickly!
6: But why?
7: They're not convinced that you are fully Q. And they are also responsible for your parents' death.
6: My parents? But what right do they have? Q? Answer me! Are you afraid to face me?
8: She's such a plucky little thing now, isn't she? <laughs> I really do
7: enjoy you, you know. Amanda's question deserves an answer, Q. He's been kind of weird with her the whole episode. The jury, and if necessary, executioner. By what right have you appointed yourself to this position? Superior morality. Morality. Oh, yeah. Oh, ah, here comes the speech. I recall how you use your <laughs> superior morality when we first encountered you. You put us on trial for the crimes of humanity. The jury's still out on that, Picard. Make no mistake. Your arrogant pretense at being the moral guardians of the universe strikes me as being hollow, Q. I see no evidence that you are guided by a superior moral code or any code whatsoever. You may be nearly omnipotent, and I don't deny that your parlor tricks are very impressive. But morality, I don't see it. I don't acknowledge it, Q. I would put human morality against the Qs any day. And perhaps that's the reason that we fascinate you so. Because our puny behavior shows you a glimmer of the one thing that evades your omnipotence? A moral center. And if so, I can think of no crueller irony than that you should destroy this young woman whose only crime is that she's too human. Jean Luc,
8: sometimes I think the only reason I come here is to listen to these wonderful speeches of yours. But this time, Your concern is unwarranted. We've decided not to harm her, and we are prepared to offer her a choice.
6: What kind of choice?
8: You can either come to the continuum with me. Or? Now, this choice is more difficult. You have it within yourself to refrain from using the power of Q. If you can do that, you can stay here.
6: Then I'm staying here
8: think about this. This is not so easy. Your parents were given this choice and they were unable to resist the temptation of using their power.
6: All I've wanted since this whole thing began is to become a normal human being again.
1: Well, (laughs) might be time, Andy, to take a trip to Memory Beta.
4: Oh. Beta. 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 This... Oh,
1: let's see what Amanda Rogers has been up to. (laughs) Oh, exciting. A decade after uh, this episode, Q had angered the Bajoran prophets during what was known as the God's War. (laughs) Okay. Amanda mended diplomatic ties between the two races. Seeing how unhinged Q was becoming in the conflict, Guinan requested Amanda's aid, along with that of Wesley and the Traveler, (laughs) to end the conflict. That's a lot of heavy hitters. Oh, yeah. After all four (laughs) of the abducted crews uh, had had been brought together, Amanda gifted them Q weapons. When Q later agreed to a peaceful resolution to the war, one of his terms was for Amanda to surrender her powers... And that is something she gracefully accepted. Q later took Amanda home and made it so she could have a career in biomedical sciences.
0: <laughs> Amazing. That's uh, That was your trip. The, the most interesting uh, detail to me in that is that the Q have weapons. I assume they have to have some weapons. What does God need with a starship?
1: Well, you know, it's like that rifle that fucking... That uh, Gaiden pulls out from out of the bar that Q is afraid of.
0: Wait. I don't remember that. But th- doesn't she just sort of use her hands and like he sort of she like makes claws at him and then he like is like, ah! And she makes claws at him but doesn't she also pull a rifle?
1: Did I make that up in my head? I've seen Gaiden pull a rifle. I thought the she rifle. pulled a rifle on Q. Eh, someone yeah. will remember what episode that was from. <laughs> <laughs>
6: I know I can resist Warp to
1: Picard I'm Resisting in this episode now
0: Commander okay. <laughs> I'm on my way I'm no longer
7: mad at Mott
1: <laughs> I've been released from the brig for attacking Mott
7: <laughs> Captain, the damage to the reactor is greater than the Tagron's led us to believe The field modulator is installed and operational But it's not going to be enough The reactor has already gone into overload Can you correct the problem? Geordi is trying to stabilize the unit now. We will stay as long as possible. There are thousands of people in this area if that reactor goes. Commander, over here, quickly. As you're doing, Q? Not this time, Picard. Mr. Wolf, see if there's any way that we can cut through the interference and beam them out of there. Nice, no, sir. Captain, Jordy is trying a neutrino infusion It may smother the reaction Captain, there is too much ionization in the atmosphere Transporters are useless
8: It's no use The heat has fused the injectors shut We're losing containment How long till meltdown? A few minutes at most We're going to have Commander, to look at
1: this She did it She, she saved everybody She, she fixed the it. whole atmosphere Jesus, then you thought
6: I couldn't let all those people die
0: she like she barely gets like an Ever since hour.
6: Since I got here, I've been fighting this. I've been denying the truth. Denying what I am. I am Q. Dr. Crusher. I've decided that I can't stay. I can't stay here.
8: Well now that you've come to your senses let's go
6: no I want to go and see my parents first it's going to take some time to explain all of this so you'll have to be patient
0: you know your parents are dead so she means resurrect her parents I assume no she means go talk to her adoptive parents (laughs) oh her adoptive parents (laughs) boy Andy you have no heart
1: what is wrong with you
0: she's got
1: two sets of parents Yeah, but the other ones are fake. The other but the other ones are (laughs) see-through.
0: You mean the see-through parents or the fake parents? How dare you! Not the see through (laughs) parents.
5: I hope I can come back and see you. You're a Q. You can do anything you want.
1: That's how it works, right, Q? Yeah, pretty much. We
0: think. (laughs) The smile to uh, Picard doesn't didn't oh I guess records on the planet
1: she doesn't have to be on the planet q <laughs> well there you go she uh, she decides that she's gonna try and and make it work and then obviously uh, she fails when she decides to intervene in the Q war <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That is True Q, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, it's time to uh, give a little MVC action.
2: Well, it's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher. If you don't like who they pick, just remember that this podcast is free.
1: Yeah. NBC of this episode. I hate to break it to everyone, but.
0: <sighs> Amanda. to give it to Amanda. It does seem like Amanda's the only one. Uh, I mean, she, I were, mean give, it to, she give it to you. Is
1: she technically not a member of the crew?
0: Is she, I, I would count her as part of the crew. She's doing crew duties. She's brought on board. I mean, technically, you could say she's not Crudies. officially member
1: of the crew. Crew duties, crew duties, everyone.
0: Um, I mean, uh, is the M.V.C. Q is,
1: Amanda Rogers?
0: Is there anyone else it could possibly be? I mean, Crusher for the- being
1: the moral sounding board, uh, Picard for uh, having the moral argument with Q.
0: He has a moral argument with Q, but it but seems it, like it Q seems has already, like already made smooth. his decision. Exactly. Yeah,
1: it might be Crusher for guiding Amanda through it. Yeah, but
0: she also seems like she kind of comes to it on her own.
1: <laughs> it also seems like she chooses the opposite side of Crusher. So uh, guess what, Amanda Rogers. Your you know, first episode is NBC.
0: It's sort of an interesting aspect because we, I think, we've critiqued stories in the past for for spending too much time on outside characters, whereas this episode is about outside characters. Our characters don't really even affect what happens with the outside characters, and it's delightful.
1: <laughs> yeah, because it's like it's it's like an outside character, but also like a way to develop a character we know, which is Q.
0: Yes, so I guess that's it. I it's, think it works. He's basically like almost one of our regulars. So, yeah. Um,
1: uh, I mean, he's certainly you know he's in he's in it as much as like he's in it more than Barkley is. Yeah. All right. I give it to Amanda Rogers. Too. Way to go, Amanda Rogers! And now it's time to rate it.
6: We sit and watch, and then we hang and talk, but the
3: podcast isn't over just yet. How many Andys does this episode get?
1: Oh, how many Andys does this episode
0: get? Uh, I think it's delightful. Uh, John Delancey has fully won me over at this point, given where I started. Told you, uh, I by really not liking the character. You were correct. Um, I do. I stand by my opinions on on how he was used early on, but I really think they've given him depth and given the idea of Q. Um, they, they've made it work inside this u- this universe. Um, so I love that. Love the interplay with Picard. Uh, love the story. I think they handled it in a nice, subtle way. I think Le- Levi Dabo is a, is a great guest star, as is John DeLancey. And the other characters have some really nice moments. They used Crusher great, so well. So uh, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Uh,
1: that's funny. I'm higher uh, on this episode than you are, and it gets an 8 for me, uh, and it would get a 9 if the crew was more active in the story. Uh-huh. I think if the crew was slightly more active, it would get a nine, uh, maybe even a ten. But uh, I don't have a lot of bad things to say about it. I really enjoy all the performances. I think the story's good. Uh, I just would have liked a little bit more from our main characters' of uh, involvement in being active participants. Like Andy said earlier, you know, even Picard's speech doesn't do anything.
0: Yeah. She already makes you know up what? her I'm mind. You kind of convince me. I think I'm going up to an eight. wow.
1: I hope that the delete key on Brad Arrington's computer is...
0: <laughs> He's already calculated everything. He's turned it off. He's worked for hours. And oh, he turns Brad, on the Brad, no! again.
1: Turn it back on! He changed Statistician,
0: it! Statistician. Uh,
1: all right, it's time to watch the trailer for next week's episode, Rascals. Andy, have you seen this episode before? Uh, no, this, I don't believe did this, so. Did this get through the uh, the muck and arrive in your eyes at some point as a, as a as a as a college student? No, you say no. Here we go. Then it's rasping. Let me know when you have it up, and I'll kind of see. Got it. Oops. All right. Oh, let me know. Yeah, whenever you're ready. All right. Hit play in three, two, one. Play. A transporter malfunction transforms the
2: crew into children.
5: Are you here to relieve me of duty? I am still Jean Luc Picard. And a
2: young captain (laughs) is about to lose his ship to hostile aliens. Computer,
4: deactivate all command functions. Authorization Riker Omega-3. We have secured the bridge.
2: Script of command. Can Picard stop a savage attack? I will execute every child on this ship. On Star Trek, the next generation.
1: I can't wait to see what Andy thinks of that episode. <laughs> I love it. It uh, <laughs> seems crazy. I yeah. enjoy I enjoy that episode. And I, it'll be interesting to watch it through the critical TNC lens. Yeah, which uh we rarely uh I, I haven't gotten to do yet. Sometimes it, the T, the TNC lens makes me uh dislike things more. Sometimes it makes me enjoy things more. I mean, interesting. It's a weird lens. We have to talk what about you, something for an hour and a half. What do you think?
0: it's just having to yeah, talk it's about having it to detail. it's
1: having to talk about it in detail for longer than the episode is
0: <laughs> right well that may be our choice
1: it <laughs> is absolutely our choice um <laughs> and it's like watching it uh it's watching it in like a fashion of like watch pause let's discuss you know right yeah um but, yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way, guys. I love it. So, next week, rascals. If you're uh, rascals. In, in the Patreon, lieutenants uh, and presidents, look out next week. Uh, we'll be having uh, some short treks. We're going to f- sit down and watch some short treks. It's exciting. I, I am I'm so not looking forward to it, but we're going to do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've already watched a couple. I think you might enjoy some. Well, well I look forward to might enjoy some. Uh, everyone, you've been great.
2: I've been me. I'm out of here.
8: Bits
2: Follow Star Trek the Next conversation on social media you can find them on Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. On Facebook search for Star Trek TNC and join the face group. Send comments, questions prime correctives and anything else to sttNCpod at gmail.com and if you'd like to leave a voice ale, call 816 Trek TNC. That's 816-873-5862. For callers outside of the United States, use country code PLUS1. And don't worry, no one answers the phone. It's only for messages. If you've got something to mail to Matt or Andy, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California 90046. And please send an email to let them know that something is coming. Finally, to support the podcast and get even more content, visit patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC. Be a lieutenant for only $5 per month or join the president Circle for $17.01 per month.